Brethren, if you will, for our scripture reading, let's turn to Mark 14. Mark chapter 14. We'll begin in verse 66. The Lord had told Peter he was going to deny him, and here's where Peter denies him. Mark 14. We'll begin in verse 66. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast, wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And when he went out, into the porch, the cock crew. And a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said unto Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. And turn to chapter 16, verse 7. The Lord has arose, and there was an angel speaking to these ladies by the tomb, Mark. Mark 16, verse 7. He gives them instruction. He says, But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter. He goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall you see him as he said unto you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank of our dear brother Peter, as Luke recorded when when our king looked upon him. Lord, look upon your people tonight. Show us what we are and show us the love of Christ to an unlovable people and make us love him. Make him altogether lovely to us. Lord, make your people fall in love with your son as you promised you will. Don't let our flame go out. Lord, don't let us be lukewarm. Make that fire burn in our hearts for our Redeemer. Forgive us for what we are. Forgive us of our continual denial and our foolishness and our willful rebellion and ignorance and even the things we don't know, Lord. Thank you for this salvation in your Son. It's because of him we ask these things, and we ask that you send your spirit to us. Amen. All right, brethren, if you will, turn to John 21. John 21. Peter had had some high points in his life. He was a fisherman, and the Lord called him. 
be fisher of a fisher of men. And there was a time the Lord turned and asked and said, who do men say that I am? And they gave him a big list. It was all good things, right? Things that we would consider to be good things. And prophets and somebody real special or somebody that was raised from the dead. Or... And he said, that's good. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered for the group. And so many times he was so ambitious and rambunctious and poppy and just springy and he jumped out in front of the group and he said, you're the Christ, you're him, you're God, you're the Messiah right here with us. And the, and the Lord said, he's that you're blessed, Simon Barjona. He gave him the name Peter, which means rock. Didn't call him Peter, he called him Simon. Like a Rahab the harlot, the thief on the cross. We don't get away from those things, do we? And he said, Simon, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Uh, somebody didn't write this down in a book and you read it and got some knowledge and, and, and a fancy preacher man that you were committed to ain't the one that gave this to you. He said, my father's revealed this to you. That's a special thing. There was another time the Lord fed 5,000. He said some hard things and those 5,000 turned and went away. That was what we would call a terrible day in the ministry. <laughs> and all these people there is going to, we got a good thing going now. We got a bunch of people. Everybody wants more people. And they all left. They were nothing but 12 there. And the Lord turned to them. He said, will you please stay? No, that ain't what he said. He goes, you going to go too? Pack your stuff and go if you can. And Peter answered, not Lord, to what denomination will we go? There's not a corporate church in this town. He didn't say something dumb like that. He said, to whom shall we go? Well, that's right. That's good. There was another time. His heart was in the right place. <laughs> He was ignorant like I am, but he wanted to do something. The Lord took him and two others up to that Mount of Transfiguration and his, his glory shone forth. And Peter said, this is so good. Lord, I want to stay here. This is, this is good. Elijah was there. Moses was there. And they were speaking of the death that he should accomplish in Jerusalem, that Christ should accomplish. And Peter said, Lord, let's build three tabernacles, one for each of you. <laughs> Representing the, the, the law and the prophets and you. and That wasn't good, but he intended it to be, even though it was wrong, didn't he? Peter had some highlights. And then he had some lowlights. He had some hilltops and he had some valleys. And it was just rough for him. It's rough for other people, isn't it? Can we enter into that? we enter into those days, we'll take out a, a knife and I'll cut somebody's ear off. And then the days that like, I, I'm an independent contractor. <laughs> I can enter into that. I can. But the Lord, he denied the Lord. And the Lord sent an angel and said <clears throat> to those ladies, said, you go tell my disciples and Peter. And so the Lord revealed himself to Peter again. And then he revealed himself to him the next Sunday when Thomas was there. And now the Lord revealed to himself to him a third time. Peter said, well, he was so wanting to do something. And the Lord said, I'm going to send you all out to preach. But he didn't give him no guidance. And he didn't go where to go. And he just left them there. He said, you just wait. So I put the spirit in you to go. And he, he didn't like idleness. He couldn't just sit on his front porch and twiddle his thumbs. And he said, well, I'm going fishing. He had a wife. You know that? Peter's mother-in-law was sick. His wife's mother had a real high fever, and, and the Lord healed her from it. 
He had a family to take care of. And so he said, well, i got to take care of him. This must be the means that the Lord, well, this has got to be it. Just like Jonah going to Tarsus, well, the Lord didn't want me to go. He wouldn't have had a ticket for me. That boat would have been full. And then he encouraged his brethren, those that the Lord were going to use to go preach the gospel to this world, to do the same thing he was doing and go find a living. And the Lord come and spoke to him again. We looked at last week. And he said, cast your net on the other side. And then, boy, the fish, 153, an odd number, an exact number. It wasn't 152. It couldn't have been. And it ain't going to be 154. One ain't going to sneak in. Big old stinky fish. We put, we put fish on their bumpers. <laughs> we don't need those things. We'll see in a minute. But the Lord spoke, and, and John said to me, he said, that's the Lord. And out of absolute shame, he knew what he was doing was wrong. He, there's a lot of times I've led my family into trials, and it's absolutely my fault. We're in a, a we ain't in a pickle. We're in a pickle jar right now, and it's every bit my fault. And I, and I'll be the first one to tell you. I'll jump off the boat. <laughs> he had to get where the Lord was. I'm gonna, before I get chasing, I'm gonna go up and tell him I love him. <laughs> I'm gonna be close to him. Get get rub up next to him. He had to. And the Lord said, "Them fish ain't gonna go to waste." Okay. Before I got food here ready for you, fire's here. Remember, he was by some coals, by a fire that man had built, and now he's by a fire that God had built. And he said, it's already ready. He timed the, the cooking of that fish to perfection. And this is bread there that the, 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 the bread of life made, but it's good. He said, boy, is it time to eat? I just swam 100 yards. I'm ready <laughs> more out. He said, no, no, we're going, we, have, we have to be diligent. Now you go pull them fish in. They're not going to spoil. They're not going to be go to waste. We have to be diligent. You get the work done, then we'll eat. And so they ate. He said, come and dine. Come and dine. The work's over. Come and dine. It's time to eat, boys. I'm going to fill you up. You'll be warm, and you're going to be satisfied, satiated. <laughs> but that wasn't the end of it. They didn't get a belly full of sardines and biscuits and then do cartwheels and clap their hands all the way home. Lord wasn't finished with him yet. He hadn't ascended. Here in John 21, look at verse 14. This was the third time the Lord come to him. He had to come to these disciples in perfection, didn't he? John 21, 14. Now this is, the, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. The Lord is laying a foundation here for Peter. And it's going to happen over and over and over. How many times does the Lord have to reveal himself to us? Three times? Three hundred times? Three million times? But the Lord's going to get back to basics with Peter. He's going to get down to the core of what all the other blessings are going to come from. What all that He's going to need some motivation in the future. There's going to be days that he's just sit down and, and he's going to, have to go back to something. And this core of everything. The Lord didn't ask him. He didn't say, did you believe on me? Of course Peter believed him. Of course people, he said, didn't say, do you know me? Of course he knew him. He didn't say, do you? Do you fear me? Do you honor me? Do you respect me? That was evident. He just jumped off that boat and swam to him. 
There was some respect there. And he didn't even say, do you admire me? Am I a good role model for you? He emphasizing, he's emphasizing the fundamental thing. Before that work's about to take off, you're about to go labor in the fields. And, and before, in that laboring, there's going to be a lot of pain, Peter. And before we get to that pain, and, and there's going to be a lot of suffering for the word's sake, for the gospel's sake, before that begins. And, and that's going to culminate, Peter, in you being crucified. You ready to get nailed to a cross? You're going to have to remember something. There will be a foundation laid for this. And then the other ones that's there with them, some of them's going to be stoned. One of them's going to, the one that's right, and it's going to be exiled. You talk about being lonely. Stick you on a deserted island somewhere. Before all this comes, before all that, we've got to lay a foundation. Lord can say so much with so few words, can't he? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? More than these. And get this, if, boy, let's get a hold of this. The Lord is not asking him, do you love me more than the other disciples there with you, than them six other ones. He is not saying that. All that would do would sow discord and, and, and malicious spirits. That is not what he's asking. What's he asking him? Do you love me more than these? I can see him taking his hand, pointing. They left a boat. Fishermen don't normally leave their boats floating out in the water, do they? They left their nets. They don't normally just cast those to the side. Everything that was on that boat was gone. He pointed to that livelihood he had. He said, do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than the experiences of ocean life? More than nets? More than the thrill and, and the, 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 the satisfaction and, and the pride of providing for your family? Do you love me more than that? If there's men, I don't mean boys that can shave, I mean men. If there's men that provide for their families and they love their families and they, they, they go out there and get up early and it hurts and you, you stay out late, and you're tired and you don't care because it's out of love. There's satisfaction in that because that's what God put us on earth to do. And there's a sense of fulfillment to that. And there's a lot of men in this, in this nation right now that have no interest in those things, and it's a shame. But that's hitting, hitting, him, hitting him where he lives. <laughs> Lord said, you love me more than that? Peter had that family. This is first to, to the apostle. Uh, Peter's about to go preach. He's, he's about to, for a living. He ain't going to go back fishing no more. He ain't going to go back to work no more. He ain't going back to the way he used to make a living and provide for his wife anymore. He's here to preach. That's his job. But you know, this is to all of us. It is. The Lord said there in Luke 14, he said, if any man, that's women too. <laughs> if anybody, if they come to me and they hate not their father and their mother and their wife and their children and brethren and sisters, yea, even his own life also. Does that mean you have to hate your father? No. <laughs> I don't listen to him. No. That's not what he's talking about. He said, but if you value those things more than you value me, if you love these more than me, he said, you cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That pain, that suffering, that... He asked him all, over and over, will you be saved? You count the cost. He goes right in that in Luke 14 about a man building a building. They don't count the cost. Like, well, we run out of money, so they're going to laugh at you. They'll mock you. That's, that's rude in our day and age, isn't it? 
Go up to somebody and be like, I was building a house, but I run out of money. <laughs> you idiot. Mock them. Make fun of them. That's not kind in our day. But the Lord said, they'll make fun of you for doing that. He said, you better count the cost. You love me more than these? Weigh these things. Well, who in the world would say yes? <laughs> Your whole family's going to turn against you. Your livelihood's gone. Uh, any means of providing for the ones you love's took away. Uh, they're go everybody's going to hate you. And, and most of the time, like Moses, even the ones that are the Lord's people is going to be throwing rocks at you and, and frustrated with you. And, and you're probably going to end up crucified or stoned or exiled. Sign me up. Huh? What, what would make somebody want to do such a thing? Love would. Love would. If he's loved us and we love him, it may not be fun. I don't want to be crucified upside down. But so be it. If that's the case. And we understand those things. We have friends or family or loved ones or, or, or children or whatever, right? We have spouses. Come between me and that woman. Watch what happens to you. Y'all got children? Grandba I ain't experienced grandbabies yet. It's coming Sunday, I hope. In the verse 15 says, He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Peter says, Lord, you know. You know I love you. You look on the hearts of men. He said, Feed my lambs. If you're going to be my servant, you're going to do some serving. Why in the world would the Lord call us servants if we ain't going to serve? You get that? I know it seems simple. We're going to do something. Now, it may not be, we might not think it's much. But the Lord's gave us something to do. He says, my lambs. You feed my lambs. He didn't say feed your lambs. He didn't say give them a, a video about what food looks like. He said feed them. He said they're my lambs. You don't have any lambs, Peter, but I do. And there's some lambs out there. That's the little bitty ones, isn't it? He said I'm going to make him use to calve. He says he makes the roes to calve in the wilderness, the deer. Mankind can't make a... A lamb come out of a ewe. <laughs> we can't do that. We can try and kill something. And he said, I'm, I'm going to have gonna be little baby lambs, and you can just nurse them and clean them up and, and give them milk to drink. That's this picture of babes in Christ. you got to go preach, and I'm going to make some babes. And then you give them the sincere milk of the word. You love me? Here's your job. Go feed the lambs, my lambs. What a job. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Um, what if the Lord came with a kitten and said, this is my cat. Now, feed it and take care of it. Would you say, well, I got some stuff going on this evening. I got an appointment and family's coming into town. <laughs> oh, buddy. Would we warm the milk? Would we get, I've got some discounted milk. I think it's still good. That cat may have to chew it a little bit, but oh, we'd go get organic, non-GMO or whatever the fanciest thing we could find was. That's a Lord's cat. Why don't we see why don't we see his babes in Christ that way? You love me more than boats and fishing and providing for yourself. He said, You give the sincere milk of the word to my baby lambs. That's what I put in your hand to do, Peter. All right, we got it, don't we? He's gonna say it again, we're gonna roll our eyes at him. I got it the first time. Hush, stop telling me these things. Well, it don't matter what we want. The Lord's going to speak, isn't he? <laughs> he can shut our mouths and he can talk. Verse 16. And he saith unto him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, 
lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Those that, that aren't born yet, you, you, you catch them as they come out, clean them up, feed them, give them milk. And those that are a couple days old, give them milk. But you feed my sheep too. He said, there's some, there's some lambs on this earth and I've sustained them and I've grew them. They're grown up a little bit and you rightly divide the word and you, you tell them of me and you, you baptize them and you teach them all my commandments. Everything I've said, you teach them. Feed them. Give, them. give them what I give you. That's every believer, isn't it? That's what's been put in our hand. Not to, not to just preach the word to the Lord's people and sit down and beat somebody to death with the scriptures, but look after them and care for them and comfort them. You know how many tables I've ate at in this world? I was going to say as nation. Other continents too. People's fed me. Some of y'all fed me in your homes and your tables. And that was just in the body. Been fed in the spirit too. I've been encouraged to look to Christ and trust him. That's putting our hand to do. Do we shirk response? the thing I always put in people's NCOERs in the army. I'd rate the people underneath me and I would put shirks responsibilities. I don't want to shirk these responsibilities. Negligent in duties. I don't want to be negligent in these duties. The Lord gave us that. He has to do it, but I'm going to ask him for us to do it. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time. Surely, we didn't, didn't we get it the first time? Yawn. Didn't we get it the second time? He needs us three times, don't he? How many times do I need it? He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now, Peter was grieved. Because he saith unto him the third time, lovest thou me? It hurt. Would it hurt me? I cried all day working on this. I was hoping I could hold it together for this. Does that hurt you? Lord come to you and say, you love me? You love me? You love me? He was grieved. I get it. Peter was grieved. Because he asked him the third time, lovest thou me? And he saith him, Lord, thou knowest all things. You, you know the good side, you know the bad. You know both sides of this coin. You know my flesh and you know my spirit. You know that new creation that's in me. And you know what's housed in. What's the Lord say to him? He saith unto him, feed my sheep. The job ain't changed, Peter. Peter's changed, but the job hasn't changed. Peter was not grieved at the Lord, but Peter was grieved because of himself, because of his denial and his past failures, and he knew, he knew this flesh. The Lord taught him what he was, and he knew he was going to fail again. And he knew that day would come, I'm probably going to deny him again. And he said, Lord, even no matter what the outside looks like, you know the heart. You look on the heart. That ought to be comfort to the Lord's people. It ought to be terrifying to the unregenerate. God looks on the heart. Brother Henry said that one time. He said, if I'm disgusted by what you do, imagine what the Lord is. Oh, buddy, I want to climb underneath you. <laughs> I just woke well, That was one of them days he got a hold of me after. He said, you've been sleeping good, son? That wasn't friendly preacher Henry. That was pastor Henry. Grabbed hold my shoulder right there. He said, you need to get some rest, buddy. I was talking to Donnie Bell about that yesterday. I knew it was going to happen again. 
Peter did too, didn't he? You know, there by that coal of fires built by man is where Peter denied the Lord three times. And here he's by a, a coal of fires built by God himself and he confesses him three times. You see that? Isn't that precious? whole lot of comparisons there. Before he said, Lord said, you're going to deny me. And he said, you don't know me. You, you don't know how committed to this work I am. I'll die with you. I'll go to the cross with you. He said, yeah, uh-huh. He said, Satan's desire to sift you like wheat. And he didn't tell him, I'm going to let him sift you for a little bit. Just so you know what it feels like. And then I pray that your faith fail not. And I'm going to be the one that's faithful in your eyes, Peter. Before Peter's attitude was, was you don't know me. What's his attitude now? You know, you know me and you know all things. You see the transition there? That's a work of God, and it's got to happen in us. It's got to go from us knowing everything to him knowing everything. may not look like I love you, but you know the heart. Oh, what, what comfort that is to one that sees their own wickedness. He knows. He knows. Can we know if we love the Lord? I want to help the Lord's people. There are just a couple of us here tonight. Hopefully we can all stay with it a little bit, and, and this will be a comfort for your souls as you go into the wicked world. Now, if you, ain't got, if you ain't getting plowed up and there's no trials on you and you're crying out to God, then I really worry for people's souls. And, and, and writers of old, a friend of mine told me, J.C. Philpott's reading today and through Baca's Veil. It's the same. I was like, yeah, he said it better than I said it. But Lord's got to do some plowing sometimes, don't he? But I think this will be helpful to you. Can we know if we love the Lord? Can I know if I love that woman back there? Well, yeah, <laughs> I can. Well, if I know I love her, surely I know I can love him. Can you? It's so similar, isn't it? There's necessities there. With that love comes some musts. There's some evidences of that love. If one human loves another human, you people that's got children that's married off, you see that happen. Them two love each other. <laughs> Most of the time, parents know it before the young people do, don't they? We're given a family in our homes to teach us the love of Christ for sinners. Lord ordained that family government for that. And when we love someone, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? What takes up our thoughts, I mean, all day long, throughout the day? What takes up our time and our efforts? We want to see that person. When we love somebody, we want to be in, in, in their company. And we want to see them. And we want to hear their voice, don't we? We want to be where they're at. We want to read what they wrote. You think about that. That We have the word, the word of the Lord right here with us, don't we? If he's loved us and we love him, don't we want to know what he has to say? Why, that kind of is uncomfortable. Ah, that's okay. You tell me what's uncomfortable. I want to know all of it. And do we need something to remind us while we're at work? If I'm if I'm out working on an ice machine somewhere, do I need something to? Do I need a, a bumper sticker? Do I need a license plate cover? Do I need a bracelet that says "What would Jesus do"? Do I need a bracelet that says "What would Kimberly do" to make me remember? Is that I got a ring on my hand? But does that mean if I take this off, am I going to forget you? No, we don't need those things. I don't need a Father's Day shirt to remind me I'm a father. Remember my children, do I? Why? 
I love my family. Do I need these things and crosses on my neck and, and things on my car so I remember, remember the Lord? No, I love him. Why? He loved me. It's important. <laughs> it's not lackadaisical. It doesn't hit the snooze button. It, it's important. It's a person we're in love with. We, <clears throat> we want to be in their company even if they don't talk to us. I, I, if I get sick, I want Kimberly. <laughs> if I went on a road trip, I don't have to talk to her the whole way. I just want her in the car with me. Sometimes my dad would come home. He'd say, Sue, Sue. She'd be cooking. He'd say, come here and sit with me. He was reading a newspaper. He wasn't even talking to her. One time he took a remote tried to hit the mute button. <laughs> he got in trouble that day. But he just wanted her in the room with him. We look for a way to spend time with them, not squeeze it in. Where I first met Cameron, I had a there's a reenlistment poster. It's a colonel on there, a famous fellow, got a Wikipedia page. But I went and got it framed. Do you think I cared about having that poster framed? No, that's something I found in a in a bag somewhere. I just wanted to go where she worked so she'd frame it. I had a reason to ask her out for coffee. That that cost me a lot of money. I saved when it broke. <laughs> I wanted to be where she was. I wanted to talk to her. I lost a lot of a lot of sleep. If you we love someone, they're more important than self. If we love someone, they're more important than sleep. There's times I, I fell asleep running one time. I didn't think that was possible. I know a scuba diver fell asleep twice underwater and woke up. He said, that's a weird way to wake up, but I don't recommend it. I was, I was running and started nodding off because I was up all night talking to her on the phone. Why? Because I loved her. How do you know someone loves Christ? They got to be where he is. They got to be where his people are. They got to have a word from him. They want to know what his word says to us, no matter the cost to the body or the budget. I don't care. Because we love him. When you love someone, you want to talk about them, don't you? And you want to hear other people talk about them. You want to hear the gospel preached, and you love those that preach it. We understand that's just a conduit that the Lord uses to speak to us, but, buddy, we're happy for them. We're thankful for them. That's a precious thing to know somebody preaches the gospel. And we love them. Thank God for them. I was in a room one time with someone that did not like my wife. And you know what I wanted? To get out of that room as fast as I could. I didn't want to be in their presence. Same with my children. I heard some, somebody discouraging one of my children one time. Don't set good with me. Don't set good with me. Same with those who don't like my master. I'm not in the same ship with those people. Do you understand that? Not with someone that's some dude named Jesus or somebody that has, a, like we looked at, not the same, same name, different person. I don't care to spend any more time than I have to with them people. And I'm, I'm not talking about other humans. And like I'm going to walk with my nose up in the air through this earth. But those that actively oppose the gospel, those that are actively against it, I ain't going to waste my time arguing with them. Just move on. And I don't want to hear a cross word about those that love Christ. My brothers and sisters, I don't want to hear it. You know what so-and-so did? I don't care. I don't care. Just like Paul and, and Onesimus, isn't it? If he's wronged you or if he owes you money, pay him three years. I don't know what he did to you. <laughs> well, whatever it is, just put it on my account. Walk in backwards. I don't want to know it. I don't want to gossip, jawjack about it. If we love him, we love others too. 
those that don't yet know him. We have a, a, if we have a value of our soul, we have a, a value for the soul of our children, those around us and our neighbors, those people in our community. What else about loving the Lord? You know, love seeks not our own. You know what that means? Uh, I, I knew a man one time that was milking his children for all they were worth. What a shame. That wasn't a man. Wasn't even close to a man. He was seeing what financial gain he could get out of his children. That's not love, is it? We don't go to the, the Lord to see what we can get out of him. Well, I don't want to go to hell. Well, a crazy person don't want to go to hell. I want to have health in the body, and, and I want my neighbor's dog's babysitter or whatever kind of crazy prayer list are out there in this world to be healed. And I want to know him. If he sends the trouble, that's all right. He sent it. You get the difference? Let's look at that. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. The brethren there in Corinth were having a trouble. The Lord gave some gifts that was necessary. They were getting puffed up one to another and having all kinds of trouble with it. And so Paul had to address it. Here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29. He says, are all apostles, is everybody an apostle? Are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Does everybody work miracles? Have all the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Does everybody have the same thing? Are we all ears? Are we all pinky fingers? Are we all toes? No. We'll see next week. Peter said, well, what about these other ones, Lord? And he said, you mind your own business. <laughs> you worry about you, Peter. So I've given you something to do, and you do that. Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. What's that, Paul? What's better than all these things that they've been arguing about and all these things we call gifts, and well, this one gets to do this, and I don't get to do that no more. And he said, I'm going to show you a better way. You want something better than all that? Chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm become the sounding brass, or a tinkling cymbal. You ever heard? I've heard people preach, and there's, there was no gospel in it. There's no Christ in it. There's no love in it. I don't want to hear it. I can't. Let, I can't make it all the way through. I get sent messages sometimes. I go about three minutes in. Just go, ugh. Paul, I'll go back to weed eating. <laughs> Give me something to drown that noise out. I don't want to hear it. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, I have all understanding and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so I can remove mountains, and I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. You talk about commitment to the gospel, burn me. Burn me. I believe the Lord, and I'll get to go to him. Burn me. And have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Look at this here in verse 4. Charity, love, suffers long. Long-suffering, it suffers long, and it's kind. And charity envieth not. You know the difference between jealousy and envy? Jealousy is I want what you got. Envy says I don't want you having what you already got. If we love the Lord, do you want him to get all the glory, or do you want a little bit of the glory? I don't think he ought to have all of it. Maybe I ought to have some. No, I want him to have it all. <laughs> Every bit of it. That's right. 
Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not self-promoting. Well, you know what I did? I've been doing this a long time. Ah, it's not love, is it? It's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. That's what love does. Love doesn't come from self-preservation and self-promotion and self, self-benefit. Kimberly didn't marry me because of all my money. She didn't marry me maybe for the insurance. <laughs> she didn't marry me because of that. I didn't have any money. I was broke. I was a single fella spending money on dumb things until I met her. <laughs> I had about $4 in the bank. We don't provide things for the Lord, but we honor him. We acknowledge him. We thank him and we praise him, don't we? Because we love him. We don't seek the Lord for the benefits for us. We seek him for who he is and for his countenance and his ways and his person and his personality. I like the way he does business. I, I enjoy his will and I love his word and I love his law. And it's just, everything's just magnificent. Everything he does is wonderful. Verse 6, love rejoiceth not in iniquity. Doesn't look for the bad things. He didn't, the Lord didn't sit there and say, Peter, remember when you denied me? He didn't say, he didn't bring it up, did he? But rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, love believes all things, love hopeth all things, endureth all things, love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fare, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, when that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three. That's what we have right now. Lord gave us the gift of faith. He gave us an expected end, and and he put his love in us and shed abroad in our hearts. That's what we got right now. But the greatest of these is love. Faith's going to, we believe in, in something unseen. And, and that day is going to come when we see Christ face to face. And hope that expected end, well, that end's going to come. We're going to be conformed to his image. And what's the only thing left is love for him. That ain't going to change. That's, you talk about a down payment, an earnest. Whew. Isn't that precious? <laughs> if we love him, we love his people, don't we? If people don't want to come come hear from Christ and about Christ, it's because they don't know him. He's altogether lovely. And to know him is to love him. If we love him, we love just like Ruth did. She says, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I'll go. And whether thou lodgest, I'll lodge. And where your people's my people. And your God's my God. And wherever you die, I'm going to die there. And wherever you're buried, I'm buried there. And the Lord do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee in thee. That's a marriage, isn't it? Till death do us part. I want to be faithful to the end. Paul Mahan emailed me. He said, I, we're good friends, and I hope we're faithful to each other to the end. Me too. I love that man. I, I love him, love him. <laughs> I think highly of him. I want to be faithful to the Lord to the end. He has to do that. I won't be, that's what's required of a servant. Not to be good, not to be friendly, not to be productive, not to have a big congregation, not to baptize a bunch of folks, but to be faithful. Faithful. 
That's what I want to be. Those that are stuck in idols and routines and a life outside of Christ and things of this world, if they don't come out of that, it's because the love of God ain't in them. And that's not, I, I want to say these things because that's not looking down on people and well, I'm better than them because I'm out of there and they're still over there and I win. And so we know to pray for them and to not walk around in ignorance thinking everybody's okay. Well, that's pretty close. This ain't horseshoes, this ain't hand grenades. This is eternal life and death. Paul said, if, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. What's that mean? Anathema means cursed, cast out, excommunicated. And maranatha means when the Lord comes in that divine judgment. If they don't love him, let him be cast out. Turn over to John chapter 8. There's those that don't. And it's all about the love is what it is. It's not facts. Like those Pharisees, they believed in, in election, didn't they? Uh, they thought there's there's all God's elect. It says in verse 39, John 8, 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham's our father. And Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man that hath told you the truth. I came here, I just told you the truth. My naive, that's what Paul said, wasn't it? My naive enemy, because I told you the truth. The Lord said, all I've done is tell you the truth and you want to kill me, which I've heard of God. This did not Abraham. Abraham didn't let kill me. You do the deeds of your father. They said to him, we be not born of fornication. You calling us sinners? I used to be, but not now. Is that what you're saying to me? You saying I'm wrong? We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, if you were a child of God, you would love me. Love me. Not try to kill me. It's one or the other, isn't it? Well, I didn't have, I just recused myself from this situation. That says kill him. You're okay with him dying. If God were your father, you would love me. Turn over to first John. John had wrote these things and learned them and walked with them a long way. And nothing had changed. First John chapter 4. Begin in verse 7. <clears throat> it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. I hear all over this world that, well, uh, our God's a God of love. God's not a God of love. God is love. That means we don't understand love, so we have to be taught. I want to learn. Do you? Do you want to be taught how to love? I do. I want to learn. Well, what is it? Verse 9. Here's what we need to learn. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Peter understood that. That's important. <laughs> He's life. He's all. It's not the most important thing. He's not a big part of our life. He's life. And he came here and everything he went through and suffered and died and God forsook God because of me in him. He did that for us. That's love, buddy. God says so. 
That's what Paul told us in Ephesians 4. So be kind to one another, tender heart, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Well, if he hasn't forgiven you and revealed that to you, you can't forgive. If the Lord hadn't loved you, you can't love. Well, you go through some motions of what mankind says love is, but that ain't love. What is love? Verse 10, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he didn't just love us, say, I love you. See you later. <laughs> Best of luck to you. No, he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought, that means out of a debt of gratitude, just to be, I mean, just to, to thank him. Reasonable service. We ought also to love one another, and you can't keep from it. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. We haven't, we haven't seen God. John had seen Christ, hadn't he? We haven't even seen that. And Peter said there in First Peter, he said, Whom having not seen, ye love. You love him. How could that be? Remember when Eleazar, the first thing I thought of. Uh, Abraham sent Eleazar to go get a wife for Isaac. And here comes Rebecca. He went and found her, got her. And that whole trip back, he just told him about Isaac. Told her about Isaac. Talked about his master, didn't he? And Abraham, his father, and here's all the things they do, and here's what they like, and here's here's how he acts. And he's real good. I like him. He's good to me. And she was in love with him before she ever saw him. And then she she got a glimpse of him. She didn't know it was him yet, but she got a glimpse of him. Rebecca lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. She just clean left the camel, just like Peter clean left the boat. She said to the servant, she asked Eliezer, what man is that that walketh in the field to meet us? Who is that? And the servant said, that's my master. That's my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. She said, oh, buddy, <laughs> cover me up. That's her face hitting the dirt, isn't it? That's bowing, lying prostrate before him. Verse 13 says, hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We weren't like that before. We didn't have that life before. We do now. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anybody's going to be saved, it's going to be through him. I'll tell you that right now. That's it. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known. We didn't, I think I'm pretty confident. No, he says we've known. We've known and believed the love that God hath to us. I've, that's, that's love. What he, that's what he did, what he said, that's love. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love. That's the tenor of the life. Now, now there's going to be days I'm just unlovable. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> that's so. But the tenor of the life dwelleth, right? He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Because God resides in him, that's why that's happening. I know old brother Newton wrote a song that says, "'Tis a point I long to know and often causes anxious thought. Do I love the Lord or no? Am I his or am I not? That's, that's a condition of every believer at points. Isn't it? That does happen. But we don't dwell there 99.9% .9 of the time. That love that's in us is shed abroad. It spreads out, it grows, it does something, doesn't it? We have those. When we look to ourselves, when we look to our flesh, when we look to this world, we have those doubts. When we look to him, we don't. That light just shines too bright for there to be any darkness. Can't be any darkness. The Lord told Peter back there in 
John 21. I'll let you go. Verse 18. He said, you love me? He said, you feed my lambs. You love me? You feed my sheep. You love me? Feed my sheep. And he tells him what death he's going to die. We'll look at more next week. But verse 18. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whether thou wouldest. You used to do what you wanted to do. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou wouldst not go. <laughs> he spake, This he spake, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Follow me. You know, in Peter's last letter that he wrote, he said, Feed, he's speaking to those elders. He said, Feed the flock of God with knowledge and understanding the word of God. Just tell him what he said. Tell them what he said. Just tell them what that word says. Just read it to them. <laughs> if you ain't got nothing, read it to them. How do we love him? He first loved us. And how couldn't we? That's how. How could we love him? He first loved us. But how couldn't you? He's altogether lovely. He's the express image of God. And we're going to be made like him because of everything he did for us before we ever knew him. While we were enemies with him, he loved us. Don't that melt your heart? That's who peace comes to. Paul, Paul ended that letter to Ephesus. He says, Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace. We need grace. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Amen. I pray that grace and peace is on all of us. Let's pray together. Father, forgive us. Prone to wonders. An elegant way of describing our nature. Lord, I'm... We seek ourselves so much. Make us seek Christ. We see our flesh. We know what, we're, what we are. Lord, and you know our frame. And you put a new creation in us and have compassion on us, Lord. May, make us grow in grace and knowledge and understanding of him. Thank you. Thank you for his blood. Lord, be with our brethren everywhere as they suffer and as they struggle and we're all in our weakness. Be with us as you promised you will be and keep us till the end. Make us faithful to the end. Because of Christ we ask it. Amen.